got TW Takes in the house. TW Takes, what's up? TW Takes podcast. That's Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. So we'll go through all the monikers. The, uh, the man himself. Bishop over at TW Takes podcast. Absolute legend. He is an Irish New Yorker. Big up Bishop. Bishop <laughs> TW Takes. Shout out to Bishop on that one. Bishop from TW Takes. Matt Bishop from TW Takes. Shout out to TW Takes. TW Takes. Mr. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. And Takes. TW Takes. Bishop has, you know, on terrible takes. TWT Takes. Terrible wrestling takes. Bishop's terrible wrestling takes. Strictly for Bishop. Shout out to Terrible Wrestling Takes. Cheers, Bishop. TW Takes podcast. Him and his wife, Mrs. TW Takes. We got Mrs. Takes here as well. My wife. Mrs. Takes. She's the sleeper hit. So good. Thank you, wife. Shout out to Mrs. TW Takes. It's a fun back and forth. Such a small part, but so effective. I'm telling you, that's my go-to podcast now. TW Takes. You want here? Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop from Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, everybody needs to be listening to you, brother. Bishop, say hello. Oh, shit. Here we go. Brand new episode. Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast. But before we talk that shit, let's plug that shit. TBTakesPodcast.com for all platforms, audio and visual. Like and subscribe, especially if you do it for other people. TBTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs for all the merch to help support the show. Most affordable, fastest shipping merch in the podcast game. Remember, at TWTakesPodcast on all social media. And remember, review if you do, rate if you feel. Subscribe for me like you do for the rest of these idiots with a microphone and a computer now let's get into some more terrible wrestling takes oh shit here we go on the road up of the terrible wrestling takes podcast something maybe we should have tried last weekend but here we are again ready to do this shit tubetakespodcast.com tubetakespodcast.com slash twts man it's been a while but i tell you I, i've tweeted it out i've looked around i've you know, said some things to some people in real life, but, you know, at the end of the day, life just does get in the way, man. You know, I don't have a proper podcast studio. I don't always have the same schedule. You know, we have some personal things come about and just haven't been able to sit down and do this. So even now, since we're in a, an unfortunate situation, uh, you know, family-wise, I have a, an extended drive home and, uh, said fuck it let me see if i can record one in the car so oh shit here we go from the vehicle now i got my eyes wide open you can hear the blinkers it's all good it's all good check out the scenery while i'm doing this but yeah uh, a lot of stuff has happened still want to get the fam on to do a recap of our september 11th house show in washington dc our nation's capital for those in the united states it was a fantastic time. Uh, we had a fucking blast as a family. We uh, took some cool pictures. Really enjoyed the event. I can't wait for uh, Tia Takes Jr. to come on here and let you guys know how fucking amped he was. It was awesome. Awesome, awesome show. Uh, but what they teased between Friday and Monday, you know, we didn't even get a peek of at the house show, one of the things that happened that we'll explain later or whatever, or talk about later, was we had Big E versus Seth Rollins at the house show, and he was super over. It was one of the uh, one of the matches I actually didn't see much of because I went to to the concourse to see if I can get merch or popcorn or whatever it was at the time, 
because uh, you know a seven-year-old in those environments he's got to be you know his his mind captive at all time and he loves a new day he loves a new day so watching Big E uh, you know beat up on Seth Rollins he really enjoyed it and, and Seth Rollins is so fucking good at everything he does you know but there was no tease of a cash in or anything like that or uh, you know it was just Big E with the money in the bank doing nothing but he called it a shot uh, a week ago and he he fucking did it man he fucking cashed in on Lashley. The only thing I didn't like about the cash-in, to be honest, is that Lashley was selling a knee, but Goldberg in storyline is selling a knee. So why are you both selling knees? You know what I'm saying? Is this going to be the, uh, you know, brand new knee on a pole match? You know what I'm saying? If Goldberg and Lashley are both selling knees, then I don't know. I just, I find it a little, eh. You know, you don't both, they don't both have to sell a knee. So that's, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, but I love it. I love Big E as champ, as a lot of us do. I am concerned. I am concerned that Big E is going to feel very flat, one-dimensional. Because outside of... because I, And I said this before, you know, when he was on SmackDown on his own, and he's sitting on the couch, and he's got the fridge, and he's doing these things. Is Big E capable of turning off the funny the whole time? And being serious. And we, we have yet to have... A serious character stays serious. Even with the Money in the Bank contract, when he's laughing and he's laughing. Or, you know, he he, uh, he brought the title and put it in front of Ro- uh, Paul Heyman's face. And gave the smirk and the smile. And I get it. It's part of his personality. But it's, it's too heightened, man. It's too heightened for me to believe that there's sustainability here. Where, you know, without that grit. And I forget which podcast mentioned it. But it's not that... You know what? Big E might have even said it on uh, on uh, uh, the Mass Man Show. The original idea for the New Day was basically to be a black militant group, very similar to the Nation of Domination, but through the, the preachy aspect. That's why they, they were very uh, gospel-esque. So if there's a chance that they become more militant, but not black militant in the way of... You know, like the Nation of Islam and, and things like that, where it's it's too um, too over the top. But if they become very strong, very forceful, and don't take shit, I think it's a fantastic move. I would love to see that happen. Especially, you know, being champions. Now, two out of three have held the, the legit world heavyweight title. You know, not the universal title, not the big gold belt. But the WWE Championship. And that's big. That's major. That's huge. And anyone who wants to understand the perspective on why it's that big, I implore you to go listen to The Masked Man Show with David Shoemaker and Kazim. Uh, Kaz used to write for WWE, if you're not familiar with him. He used to write for WWE. He's very good friends with Big E and the entire New Day. Uh, he used to help write some of their segments. And they spoke you know, on the importance of black representation and what it would mean to a nine-year-old Kaz who saw that. So I, please go listen. It was a fantastic interview, uh, great insight on why representation matters, uh, Big E's mindset as a champion, which I think, again, if he gets the opportunity to be strong and forceful, we, we have a champion who can outlast what Kofi did. Why not, right? And I'm, I'm with a lot of people here, too. I'm also not done with Lashley being champion. Him taking a loss at this time is a great idea. It's an absolutely great idea. Having Roman 
around Brock, but not with Brock. You know, yes, they're signed up for the Saudi show, but it's not, uh, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it's a title loss there. Uh, And having Goldberg around uh, Lashley, but not for the title, I think is great. I think it's great. Now, this whole Roman Demon thing, I don't know if the Demon takes an L. You know, if anyone can beat a Demon, it's definitely this Roman. I just don't understand, you know, why it was so quick and things like that, unless they're going to make Finn Balor that important. So we'll see how all this plays out. Now, a a tweet I put out a little while ago, you know, while watching all this stuff, uh, I just want to kind of expel upon, and that's the whole reason for this episode, is another kind of, you know, feel-out, state of WWE kind of episode. I feel like they're in such a great place right now. I'm with a lot of other people on being bothered by the releases and all this shit, and what do we want for the people that we love the most, and honestly, and again, as always, shout to Marsh and Wrestling on the Rocks, him and Miss Amanda Jane on Twitter with a Y, uh, the two of them got on like a Saturday to talk about releases. And my comment to them was, uh, hey guys, how you holding up? Was the first thing I said because the losses being so unexpected and in the quantity and who they were, um, those, those releases really should take a toll on fandom. And, you know, when you look at where WWE is right now, they're less cluttered than they've been in years. And they still do the same thing they've always done. They've always put on TV who they want to put on TV. Regardless if we liked it or not. Back when everyone was bitching about Roman, when I still enjoyed Roman above most other people, people were bitching, why is Roman on all the time? Why is Roman on all the time? Or, you know, uh, why Charlotte on all the time? Or why, you know, oh, we got another... Brock coming back or whatever, you know, all the things people bitch about when there's too many of one person on a TV and not enough of everyone else. Well, those people are now in either other companies or free to do whatever they want when they decide to sign. And we're still getting who WWE wants us to see. It will always be that way. It will always be that way. And that's that's just the truth of WWE. But they've also backed themselves into the corner of producing stories with the people they have. And when you look at Dewdrop and Eve Marie going seamlessly away from Alexa and Alexa moving into the Charlotte storyline, piggybacking off of what Charlotte's doing, which is also putting a, a wedge between Shayna and Nia, you know, they're doing multi layered things. Now, not everything's great. You know, what's happening with the women's tag division is a little rocky, but they're forced to do these things that they wouldn't have been before because they can just, oh, put out Ruby Riot for a a squash match with fucking Charlotte, you know what I mean? Which has happened. And we're not getting that now. We are getting more more direction-driven things. Where does it all play out? I don't know because I don't fantasy book. But when you look at the ability to make Big E look stronger and have some depth to a story between Bobby and Goldberg... When you look at what Roman's doing on SmackDown and why Seth feels so important, why Edge now, in my book, is is so in the discussion for top 20 all time. Just off this last run, it's so important what he's doing. The quality of what he's doing is just outstanding. I think his, his lack of longevity up front 
is what fucks him. But, I mean, he's he is, like, absolute greatness personified right now. His in-ring ability, his promos, all that shit is fucking impeccable. And it's being done with Seth Rollins, who's doing the best work of his career. So these performances that we're getting out of people, I mean, top fucking notch. Randy Orton is turning Matt Riddle into palatable. He's turning Matt Riddle into something that people like me who don't enjoy him can enjoy him. That kind of character development and work that they're allowed to do when they're not forcing 10 pounds of shit in a 5-pound bag is allowing for quality product. Yes, three hours is a long time. I get it. I get it. You don't want to watch Raw, don't watch it. But if you watch it and take it for what it is, it's not bad. If you think it's a waste of time for you, then just watch the clips. But WWE is putting out quality fucking product. Quality product. I mean, SmackDown's damn near flawless. Damn near flawless. Uh, I do think they need to build up their tag division again. Get some uh, some credibility going. I know... Uh, Shit, who was it? I fucking, I can't, off the top of my head, just had a match with Dolph Ziggler. Or no, it was uh, Dominic had the match with Robert Roode, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, and then, uh, and Dominic lost that match. Again. But I mean, it's, what they're building with, okay, so here's, here's, here's a a lapse in storyline from the best show, right? Dominic kept getting fucked over by his dad, and then he just lost this last match on his own without getting fucked over by his dad. Why? Why? You know what I mean? And I think that needs to, to go back to being more consistent. If they if they continue... And you don't have to do the blow-off, right? You don't have to do father versus son. But you can break them away from each other by doing things like this. And have Dominic be more on his own. Make him more believable on his own. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. Because Dominic is building... And you know what? That bothered me. The Mysterials weren't on the house show... And there was no fucking Woo merch either. I wanted that Mysterio's Wu-Tang t-shirt with the... And it's Method Man, because Method Man inverts the, the W to an M. But anyway, uh, yeah, with that Mysterio logo, I would fucking... I would have bought that one for sure. Uh, we did buy in-house t-shirts, you know, for the uh, for the house show. Uh, but fucking $35, I didn't realize it. That shirt's only $28 on, uh, on WWE Shop. So, you get ripped off at the fucking stadium, man. $35 for the t-shirts. But anyway, let me stop digressing all over the place. So, I'm, I mean, I look, I think the main roster in WWE is in a fantastic place. On uh, on Friday, we have Nakamura versus, versus Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental title. And I'm telling you, this is... This feels fresh to me. That was one thing I definitely noticed at the house show, how fresh Nakamura looked. From a character standpoint, he is, he's not stale at all. And Boogs is a part of that, but it's also how Nakamura acts, reacts, his 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 vibrance to what this is. He's not holding in place anymore. He's not bouncing around from opponent to opponent aimlessly. He has the IC title. He has the king, the king crown on his head, and this this thing with Boogs that does his entrance. And Boogs looks fucking great. He's wrestling his ass off. He's doing a fantastic job. Another great interview on After the Bell with Corey Graves and Vic Joseph. It's a really fun interview with Boogs. You can see where his mindset is when it comes to wrestling. And that's honestly, if you hate Corey Graves as an announcer, 
he's probably the best podcast host in the game. What they're allowed to do on WWE's podcast in breaking down the character. So he'll talk to Boogs as the character Boogs who will tell Corey how the person playing the character is executing. So it's not just Charlotte going on there and being Ashley the whole time and just saying how cool it is, but it's still in the vein of the character. Go and listen if you haven't yet to any of the interviews they do. It's always the character talking about how to play the character. It's very, very interesting. Uh, I think it comes off as the most professional way to actually listen to wrestlers talk about being that character. But yeah, with Boogs, I think he's got a hell of a future. I'm not a fan of the over-enunciation, but between the lines of his over-the-top character and wherever the match ends, I think he's fantastic. His his future is fucking bright. He is he is the the en- energetic levels of Elias, which we didn't get many of those uh, fucking vignettes lately, right? Unless I missed some. So, I don't know, man. Let's jump back over to Raw 2. I'd like to see a little bit more with Damian Priest and the, the U.S. title. It, it When he showed up on NXT for the, the bachelor party or the, the, the wedding party, I guess it was, he wanted to make be a part of the reception. Uh, and then, of course, was never part of anything after that. I would like to see Priest be a little bit more prominent, but that's also what I'm talking about, WWE being in a good place. I want more for Priest, and he's the U.S. champion without doing much. You know what I'm saying? So how do we get more from Priest? We have him lose the title to somebody else to help build that mid-card, and he moves on to the next level. Even if it's a a main card non-title feud, you know, who else on the top level can he fight with? He's already gone at it with Sheamus, and those haven't disappointed. You know, what What would be next for Damian Priest? Would he team with someone and go after the Raw Tag Titles? Like, it would be dope to see Priest and Ricochet go after Tag Titles. But, you know, we have, we have Orton and Riddle holding the belts, which that seems like it's going to go for a while. And, of course, I'm more than fine with that, too. They're doing such a great job. Like I said, such a great job. And what felt gratuitous, right? It felt like, oh, man, we're getting a Bobby Drew match or a Bobby uh, Randy match for the title. No, it was for the sake of showing you how credible. This is how layered the main event was. This is how credible Randy Orton is as a challenger for the WWE title that he is going to take Bobby to his limits that the match that we get on the cash-in is going to be such that it's believable Bobby is compromised. And Lashley was running through running through everybody before he got to before he got to uh to Big E and Randy. So I'm I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. I think I think WWE is in such a great place. When you have all the tools you need to succeed, everything gets better and better. When there's less things getting in the way, you know, it's an opportunity for people to shine and I think people are shining. Anything you want to say about Eva Marie and Dewdrop, I get it. I I really do. Cuz we're talking about annoyance. But I swear on everything, man. So many people care about Dewdrop. So many care about her. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's going to explode. And she's going to be a fucking star. 
I would honestly, I would love to see what Eva Marie does next. Maybe she ends up doing what AJ Styles does. Look at AJ Styles. How excited was anyone else? I don't know about you guys, but I was super fucking excited when AJ was standing there with Omas, T-Bar, and Mace behind him. It looked super fucking official. I want that faction. I don't know what you call it. I don't know what you call it. I don't care. Make it whatever you need to make it. But AJ leading those guys would look better than Ali doing it. No offense to Ali, but it it would be fucking awesome. It would be awesome. I would just hate that if they did do it and they went against Ali and Ali got fucked over for it. So we'll see how all that goes. But I would, yeah, I, you know, I said this about SmackDown rebuilding the tag team side of it. Look at what, look at what Raw just did a couple weeks ago with that gauntlet match or the tag team turmoil match, whatever you want to call it. They, they put out seven tag teams that weren't the champions and then threw Bobby and MVP in there. So you have eight people that could vie for the tag team titles plus the champions. That's nine. Nine teams that can go for the tag team titles. When did we ever think that there would be that many tag teams on on all the brands? Shouts to the Twitter co-host, Just In Time 211. Mush the tag teams together. Well, there was nine just on Raw. You know, let's do that for SmackDown too. Get some credible challengers for the Usos, which I think it should be Roman and Brock, but hey, that's that's why I don't fantasy book. The last thing I want to talk about on the main roster is Becky and Bianca. I said this shit at SummerSlam. I've said it along the way, and I'll say this shit again. The people absolutely love Bianca now. Bianca had fans before. She had pockets of fans who were behind her before anyone else and all this shit where Bianca's ours, uh, she's the most athletic, the EST shit, right? She has EST fans that believe the EST gimmick. Where she was lacking with me was a character beyond sass and wrestling matches. Now, she proved the night after Summer, or the, the Friday after SummerSlam that she has the ability to put on those matches. I would still love to see more before she gets to Becky, which isn't going to happen. And I would love to see this substance that's behind her built on when she was in the ring the crowd ate it up ate it up and as she got presented with more and more and more she barely sung the song of her hometown and the crowd loved every second of her she almost got the one up on becky and the crowd was eating it up she is so fucking beloved by the crowd which wasn't the case before. She had pockets of fans who really enjoyed it. And I was just waiting for proof. But like I said about SummerSlam, wait and see what happens. And what has happened is Bianca is massive. Massive. And I I said this, it's going to be hard for me to boo Becky. It's also hard for me to boo Roman. But if you can do things where I want to see you lose is the true measure of how great you are. Now, no, I don't want Becky to lose. Fucking love me some Becky. But I can absolutely see them continuing to build this on Friday to where when she loses, if she loses on Sunday, Bianca is that much more important than she was at SummerSlam. That's what they're doing, man. They're building this proper, but they're not just building the story. And people get so upset when they see things left or right 
For instance, if they're building the story, you guys bitch about the character. If they're building the character, you bitch about the story. In this moment, when Becky came out and she and she got the one up on Bianca, okay, they were building the character. And you guys are like, oh man, that match was too short. Uh, you know, we could have got so much more. Looking for a story. Looking for a story. That part wasn't about it. You're building the character. Now, let's say let's say Bianca loses Sunday at Extreme Rules. Which trying to do a watch along for that one. I gotta double confirm that we're doing a watch along. I gotta I gotta yeah probably, but let's double confirm that one. Uh let's say let's say Becky beats Bianca at at uh, at Extreme Rules. Coming out of that loss, what are they now gonna do with the character who's a massive baby face that people love? If Becky wins in a way that helps add to the character, boom, you build the story. It's always one of two, right? The man makes the title, the title makes the man, right? It's always one of two. And in this instance, Becky is help building the person. Becky is, in essence, the title. But once Bianca wins the title again, she is now going to make the title more important. Coming out of WrestleMania, the title made Bianca important because Bianca wasn't important yet. Becky doing this with Bianca is fucking legendary. Legendary. She's been gone for 18 months. 18 months and came back with this fucking swag. So much so. So much so. The slow build of turning heel into a Seth Rollins-style heel right now where the crowd reaction is so much what she wants that it makes her smile. Whenever the crowd does exactly what Seth wants, he smiles and loves it and breathes it in and the character gets deeper and deeper. The shit is fucking levels on levels right now. And yes, I tweeted it, I'll say it again, Becky Spice is my favorite spice. I fucking love it. I fuck it. The look she had on Friday, jeez Louise. Jeez Louise. Besides that, this Becky is on another level. She's raising Bianca to levels that Bianca's never been at. All we need now are the matches from Bianca. And I tell you, at the house show, I really thought I saw Bianca's best match. I still don't like when she's getting ready that she does the come here with the hands. Because uh, it, it's, it's too playing. Uh, but I get it. Uh, when you're an aggressor, like, you know, in the ring, in the, in the octagon, in a boxing match, you, you know, come on, come on. But sh- she always does it and then charges. So it's almost as if she's calling the match, which, of course, I don't think is the case right now. But it's just that's the only tick I don't like. But I really thought I saw her best match. And, again, we'll try to get into that if we can get the whole fam on an ep. So, um, but, yeah, that's what I got for for the main roster. I had to throw that in there. I actually forgot I was going to talk about it. Uh, but, hey, this drive is really doing it for me. But, anyway, let's jump into NXT. I was concerned, like a lot. But the more people shit on the idea that it was going to suck, the more I felt like this was going to be awesome. The more I felt like this was going to be a great thing, the more I thought I was going to love it that much more. My personal terrible wrestling take is that NXT is now perfect again. How about that? NXT is now perfect again. 
Braun Breaker, a.k.a. Rick Steiner's son, okay, stop caring about the name. Stop caring about the name. Remember when Dewdrop was the thing everybody hated? And then, hey, you're not calling her Piper, okay? Just fucking call her Dewdrop. It's over. Braun Breaker's Braun Breaker. Let it be. Who cares why? Who cares how? He looks like his dad. He wore the throwback Steiner Brothers singlet. We get it. It's all right there, okay? Now that you know that, move the fuck on into something important. And now that you're moving on into something important is how did he look in the ring? Who did he beat in his debut? How did his night end? Okay? When you take all of that in and you move on from something silly as just the name, you can go, okay, is this guy important? And I think at the end of the day, yeah, he's pretty fucking important. He beats LA Knight to start the show. And at the end of the night, after Tommaso Ciampa wins Goldie back, he's the one standing there. Braun Breaker's the one standing there going, that's mine. He didn't say it. He didn't say it. Just with the eye boogies. That's all he did. He said it with his face. Stared right at him. NXT's in a great place. NXT's in a fantastic place. NXT will be just fine. I loved almost everything about NXT. I loved the women's tag match dissolving into a three-on-three. I think Mandy looks outstanding with the dark hair. I think, man, what was it? Um, what am I trying to say? Which, which part was it? Fuck. Oh, oh, the, the outfit. Her cut-off black jeans with the brown hair with where they were cut too. The, the fact that they were cut below, below the booty it actually, to me, emphasized her leg muscles. So just like I said about Tony Storm when she switched to from booty shorts to pants, you get rid of that distraction and you allow the athleticism to to stand out for itself. I think Mandy Rose is in a better spot than she's ever been. You know, you take away the, the blonde hair and, you know, the cheeks showing and you get down to, to business and now she's an athlete again. She's a wrestler again. You know, speaking of Tony Storm, I didn't bring her up. A lot of people pissed off about her debut. Think about what her debut did, okay? They put her next to Liv Morgan, who everybody is loving. Think about the way she acted, okay? Some people bitching about, oh, she didn't get an entrance, all this shit. Just take what you get on TV for exactly what it is. And understand, we now have Tony Storm positioned as a babyface, okay? She's next to the beloved Liv Morgan. Honestly, looked taller than everyone else that was there. She looked like a badass. No, the match was short. I get it, okay? Like, you can complain about all that shit. But if you take exactly what we got on TV and you judge what we got on TV for what was on TV, Tony Storm is is there. She's here, okay? Whatever they do with their entrance, guess what? She didn't have to do the whole thing with the glasses and the hat to give you facial expressions and all that stuff that can confuse you about who her character really is. I thought she looked great. She looks to be in fantastic shape. She's someone who never looks tall, looked massive. So I'm happy for it. I'm I'm glad she's here. Now what's next? Now we see what's next. If it continues to go off and look, you know, as disjointed as you guys wanted the first showing to be, then fine. Then fine. Okay, but we got her on TV and she's here now. Okay, let's go that route. Now she's taken off TV, then yeah. We probably have some problems there too, a la Keith Lee, right? Nobody likes the fact that we don't get Keith Lee in big doses. But back to NXT, 
I really like the whole Mandy Rose setup. I think it's great. You know, Saray getting some uh, non-displayed looks, right? You know, she usually comes out in a in a match where she's the here's the display of Saray, uh, and that's not what we got, which is great. Uh, the tag matches were awesome. I wasn't big on the Carmelo Hayes stuff, uh, but yeah, man, NXT's in a really good spot. Shit. Who's the fucking Pitbull badass? Uh, shit. Uh, Lila? Um, fuck, I forget her name. But believe it, she's going to be my new favorite for a while. I remember seeing her on Twitter when she signed, because I believe she signed the same time Braun Breaker did. Uh, but she's a badass, man. She's going to be awesome. She's going to be awesome. Love to see her wrestle. Speaking of seeing wrestle, we got to see B-Fab wrestle. There's growth. There's progression everywhere. You know, I said this two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, about when NXT made the announcement. And then we had Old Guard versus New Guard. Old Guard not really winning. You know, old, uh, uh, New Guard putting on a decent showing. Having those, having those matches where the New Guard looks official is a great thing. An absolute great thing. So NXT's in a great shape. I really thought, honestly, honestly, I really thought... It was going to be more of a downturn, but it wasn't. There was an energy. There was a life. There was a palatability. Uh, they changed the ring ropes and, and uh, ring aprons and all that shit. It's now more, more vibrant. I dig it. The one thing that they changed that I absolutely hate is the hard cam. They got rid of it. It's now a, a wandering cam. And it, like, floats back and forth. And the way it kind of sky cams... Like the NFL does, shouts to the XFL because they brought that in first. But the way that it sky cams is really distracting, and it makes it look more like one of those uh, uh, fake martial arts shows. I man, there was this I, I I don't remember the name of it, but there was this like it was a fake martial arts TV show where they made it seem like it was a, a UFC style tournament thing. Either way, the point is the fighting at the end in those matches was this kind of wandering eye thing it makes it look more like a studio piece than an actual fight so that's that was the biggest problem for me was that camera change other than that i mean it really was a really good reset as flawless as a reset gets it looks dynamically different the energy was different but even the familiar faces felt good the newer faces felt even better felt even better I enjoyed it. I enjoyed NXT a lot. I'm going to enjoy it a lot going forward. I tell you what, it, it will always be in contention now for my favorite show of the week, just on the vibe, because the vibe was so fun. It was so different. You're not going in for intense emotional storylines. You're going in for displays of talent, and going that direction is so unique to even anything that's out there. Even even AEW is a, is a display of sports entertainment and how can we sports entertain you and people call it the professional wrestling show that's far fucking from it everything aew does is how do we sports entertain at the highest level the storylines ain't it i'm sorry they're just not and in a wrestling capacity they go in the ring and try to sport entertain you they try to out sport entertain the rest they are less professional wrestling than wwe is sorry to tell you that sorry to fucking tell you that but NXT is going to put on these displays of 
talent as in the individuals, not the actions. And we will see what these individuals do. I think NXT is in a great place. It's going to be awesome going forward. I think Ciampa having the title is a great thing as well. Because this isn't going to be Ciampa versus Gargano versus Cole versus... Uh, I mean, the Thatcher feud would be dope, but it's not, again, it's not going to be versus the old guard. He's not going to be defending it against those those old talents. What I see happening is, let's say, let's say first feud out there, he loses it to Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker's your new NXT champion. Let's say that happens. Not fantasy booking, just, you know, let's, let's tell a story real quick. If Braun Breaker wins and he loses to, let's say, Kyle O'Reilly, in two takeovers from now. So this takeover that comes up, Braun Breaker beats Ciampa. The next one, he defends against Ciampa, and Ciampa loses, so that's two. Next one up, Kyle O'Reilly beats Braun Breaker. Where do you think Braun Breaker's going at that point in time? He's getting called up, the same way they used to do it with Drew, and Andrade, and Finn, and Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe, and Nakamura, and Seth Rollins, and all of those people. Sami Zayn, you win the title, you lose it, you move up. You know, doing those things adds value to who they are. I see that happening because that's the old style of NXT that the rumor was about. That's what it felt like to me, and that's what I feel like we're getting. I that's that's my fantasy for NXT and what this presentation was. It felt so fresh that any new person has the ability to become a fucking star. I wish Bronson Reed was part of this. He's not, you know. Shouts to Jonah Rock. I missed his Twitter spaces the other day. Uh, but yeah, man, that's that's my opinion. Uh, if they if they bring the that floating cam back to back to a hard cam, I'd like it even more. Um, but hey, it's just not there. So let's see. Let's see where NXT goes. As of recording, this is pre-Monday Night Raw on the Monday. I'm going to try to edit it out and uh, edit it up and have it out, you know, before the show starts. And then I'll try to get you another one later this week, recapping uh, Raw and NXT and maybe any uh, other directions that we get coming out of it, heading into Extreme Rules. Like I said, we're going to try to do a watch-along. Let me get the double confirm on that. And once we're officially confirmed, uh, I'll announce, you know, the watch-along. But we'll see, man. We'll see. WWE is in a great place. They're in an absolutely great place. And I tell you, just we're all coming up. I'm sorry. I get it. I get the convenience factor and all that. I do not see New Day versus Bloodline on Raw as a shot back at AEW. I really don't. And the reason why, I'll tell you, this is the only reason why. The draft is coming up. The best thing they can do right now is mesh rosters as often as possible. You mesh the rosters for the next couple weeks even, and, and they do this every time, right? The week of the draft, the rosters are getting uh, thrown together. The week after the draft are the rematches from those things. This whole meshing of the rosters is going to happen until post-Saudi show. And once that is cleared, you now have your individual brands. But that's all they're doing, in my opinion. All they're doing is meshing the rosters until the draft. Once the draft is over, we'll have... People that we saw on Raw during the meshing on SmackDown. People we saw on SmackDown on Raw during the meshing. So now you get pulled to another show based on these people that you spent a couple weeks investing time. It's that simple. 
I really think it's that simple. I think it's more convenient that the draft is happening than AEW is making these moves. Because while, yes, AEW is a physical brand of existence that has the option for, let's say, market share, I won't say competition, because they're not competing for the same thing, as Vince says, and I'd much rather agree with him than a whole bunch of Twitter, the competition doesn't exist between the two of them because they're going after different things. But I agree. I, I understand what people say by competition. All that being said, WWE is in a fantastic place. They are going to put their nuts on the table and give us the best product that they can. They will continue, and I've said this in the in the back catalog somewhere, they will continue, continue to do what's best for them. If what's best for them is to extend SmackDown to three hours and completely wipe out Rampage, they will. If what's best for them is moving Raw to Wednesdays so Dynamite is no longer competition, they will. They will do what's best for them. They gave it a shot. I don't anticipate NXT leaving USA. If it does, fine. If it doesn't, even better. If they add a third hour, sure. WWE will continue to do what's best for them. And what's best for them is to put out content so I can put out content. Thanks for hanging around. Thanks for listening. I had a fantastic time. Be on the lookout for uh, Extreme Rules pre-show. Be on the lookout for Extreme Rules watch-along information. Be on the lookout for the TW Takes Family episode where we recap our trip to Washington, D.C. for the house show. We, uh, We got a lot going on. And... When we can do it, we will do it for us, so we can definitely do it for you. But it starts with us. Like I said, life gets in the way, and if life gets in your way, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to breathe. You don't know anyone anything except for respect. So at the end of the day, please, 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 as Marshawn Lynch would say, take care of your mentals, take care of your chicken. I'll be talking to y'all, y'all be talking to me. So, with that being said, review if you do. Great if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.